0: Podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations in two broads. I'm Amy and I'm Erin and this is episode number five.
1: It's a small world. It's a small world, Erin. We want to sing the song. So <laughs>
0: me <bad>. too. However, <laughs> we may have to pay for that. We would have to. So pay don't for it. do that. We're not going to. Okay, great. You can all picture it. Yeah, or, or go listen go online, to it. I guess it online. wouldn't be picture. Sing yeah. it in your own head. Yeah. You know do you it have now. it in your head. Yes, for we'll sure. Give you a pause. Oh, okay, man. that's enough. Yeah. So tempting. So good. <laughs> uh. All right, so we are back at it, and it took Erin and I, you know, a couple of days to recover after that ride or die episode. Uh, a lot of good things happened. A lot so of weird things, things, things happened. <laughs> um, but we are here. We are ready. We are excited. We are.
1: Our theme this week relates to weird character
0: connections that you didn't see coming.
1: A twist, a surprise, etc. that relates to someone or something being related to a character. Which made me think of my own life of times that this has happened. Uh You know, like a weird connection or a little small world moment. Oh, a small world. It's a small Small world world moment. Yeah. And then I decided that I immediately wanted to know yours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You know, I think I I was really racking my brain for this. I think one of the weirdest things. So I've had the good fortune to travel a little bit outside of the U.S. And I found that in countries where English is not the first language, Mm -hmm. when you meet someone that is speaking English, you're like, that's my best friend in the entire world. (laughs) We get each other instantly. And if that person happens to be wearing an Iowa sweatshirt (gasps) or an Iowa t-shirt, which is where both Aaron and I are located, Mm -hmm. then it's like, oh my God, we're soulmates. Mm -hmm. We have been Mm -hmm. destined to meet. And here's that moment in which we meet Mm -hmm. and all is well. And under normal circumstances, you'd probably have nothing to do with this. (laughs) No, I would not even make eye contact with another person. Uh But somehow in that situation, I am the most gregarious, open, (laughs) loving person. And I want to share that with everyone.
1: I love it. Yeah. That's a great small
0: world moment. (laughs) What about you, Erin?
1: You know, I have a lot. Well... Kind of a small one is that I seem to have a face that people always think I'm somebody else. Uh So I deal a lot with like, do I know you? And then like the disappointment when they realize that they don't. Who do they think you are? No one like famous. Just like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, we don't though. Mm. And then it just, there's that awkward, like, where do we go from here? (laughs) The answer's nowhere. (laughs) Nowhere. So We end this (laughs) at this moment. right? (laughs) Partially because of that, I'm also one of those people that... You know, if you're like in a crowd of people and you know you have to get on a plane or something, you're like, I know I'm going to end up sitting next to that oh, person. God. That happened to Mike and I on a trip to Hawaii pretty badly.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: We were signed up for a dinner cruise, which Mike wasn't thrilled about to begin with. I to say,
0: why would either you or Mike do this to yourselves? I know. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. I had a different
1: picture of what it was going to be, to okay. be fair. I probably didn't read the description enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but we were waiting to board and there was these this couple that was standing there and she had on like the heels that have lights in them you oh, know God. that are like clear you no. know i want to say stripper heels because that's going to bring yeah, it yeah, yeah 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 like lighted like i'm talking about like neon yeah where else in the world would you
0: use those except
1: a, dinner, a cruise dinner cruise and, <laughs> and like... strip club <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, so you saw so this woman I with did. the heels. Yeah, we
1: saw her and her husband. And I was jokingly, because at this point, we had realized that they were pairing, like you were sitting at tables of four. Previously, we thought we were at our own table. So as I'm, we're realizing this, I laughingly said to Mike, ha ha, we're going to end up at that table. Oh, Erin, <laughs> it's all your fault. You <laughs> caused that to happen. And we did. <laughs> and it was something. Let me tell you. It is a memory that Mike and I still laugh about. <laughs> It ended with her putting cans of pop down her dress to steal at the end of the night. And between us getting on the boat and that, I can tell you that there are a multitude of things that I still have not entirely dealt with. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember her name?
0: Oh, gosh. Because I want to give her a name. Like Donna, maybe, I want to say. Oh, I was going to say more like Diamond or, you know. Yeah. No, it
1: wasn't obvious. Desiree. Yeah. I wanted it to be obvious, but it wasn't. Mm. She also had um, Kleenex stuck all over her (laughs) face.
0: (laughs) Was she shaving?
1: Well, I think what happened was like she was sweaty, but she also had a lot of makeup on. So she was dabbing, but she was using an actual Kleenex. So it was leaving the marks. And her husband could clearly see that, but never said anything.
0: He was having his own private yeah. joke moment. So then, you know, Mike and I were like, well, if her husband's not
1: going to say anything,
0: I'm going to feel. sure as weird. hell not going to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. It was something. I, I okay. mean, yeah. Okay. Hit me up sometime on social media if you want to hear the whole story. It was something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those okay. kind of moments. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, when I was thinking about this theme, I had a question that I wanted to ask you, too. Mm-hmm. Um, is there someone that you wish you had a weird character connection with? Uh, a small world moment, either fictional or otherwise. Yes. Oh. I wish that I had some sort of connection
1: to Keith Morrison. Of Dateline, Keith of Morrison? Of Dateline. Oh, boy. Obsessed with that. Why? Guy.
0: What? What is it about? I him? don't
1: even know. Except that I just think he's a little bit rogue, and I like it. Like <laughs> he is just when a daylight comes on, and it's him. Mike and I are like, "Yes, it's Keith Morrison." <laughs> like we're so happy because he, it's, it's like he's overacting, but you're, he's not acting. He's just interviewing someone, so it's simultaneously a little bit cringy, but also very entertaining. Wow, and he just. It just never ends. The things he says, ridiculous. And everybody acts like it's normal. But it's, I mean, it's great. It's the best move Dateline could have made. They should never get rid of him. You know, I'm glad a you bonus. explained this because,
0: yeah, I've seen a few people like on the social webs mm-hmm. that are equally obsessed with he's, him. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't watch Dateline. I don't understand oh. it. I know Kristen mm-hmm. Bell is mm-hmm. all over him <laughs> <laughs> to a hilarious extent. I He's, he's amazing. I yeah. can't even handle it. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, And he, he, they always do like pan down shots of him. And it was like all business on the top, like a sweater and a button up. And then he'll always pan down and he has on like Converse tennis shoes or like something. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like,
0: what are you doing, Keith? He's a, he's a hip one.
1: He is. He is. He is. That's what he wants you to think, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's, it's like, he's trying too hard, but he's also pulling it off. It's such a weird <sighs> combo of riding the fence. I don't even know how to explain it's it. It's magic. That is what it is. It's wow. magic. Okay. It's Keith Morrison magic.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Mine isn't as exciting. You know, at oh. first I was thinking like, I, I was going through some of my favorite books and I realized most of my favorite books are kind of dark. I don't want to be involved at all. Oh, in sure, those sure, sure, sure. People's yeah. lives or mm-hmm. plots or anything. Right. So then I've been, <laughs> I occasionally um, rewatch sitcoms just to relax. Yeah. I've been into new girl a lot lately. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind being the fifth member of their loft. <gasps> you know wait fifth yes fifth member that's great good idea yeah i mean i'll also admit i kind of have a crush on one of the guys in the show oh well so you know things could develop that stuff (laughs) drives ratings i'd be all over it yeah you could write it right in exactly yeah i think like guess what nick falls in love with me yeah primetime
1: emmy Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i should also admit i have no acting ability whatsoever do you think that will stop me no okay Mm -mm. good
1: no 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 blind ambition great just go for it And <laughs> as we established we're ride or die so if you want to i'm all in yeah i'm not even gonna hold you back
0: i don't even know why i asked you yeah. that erin i'm not set up any it. obstacles yeah. to your dreams <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh well on on that on that I think, note i think we're ready for i think we're some ready book picks yeah for it's a small world yeah so what's your fi- first uh fiction pick
0: there my first fiction pick which is sort of a tongue twister now that it i just is, said that yeah right okay First fiction is A Visit from the Goon Squad by oh, Jennifer Egan, um, published in 2010. Have you read this? I, I have. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Terrific. Um, yes. Okay. Well, then you can chime in and make sure that you agree with okay. everything I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, so, you know, this book won the Pulitzer, all the awards. I think it's for a very good reason. Um, the book starts with Sasha, who is a klepto in New York. Uh, she's working in the music business. And so we get a chapter like from her perspective, then it switches to Benny Salazar's perspective, who is Sasha's boss. Mm -hmm. So we hear a little bit about Benny. Um, then there's the next chapter is someone connected to him. And then from then it's someone else connected to them. Oh, cool. So it builds this sort of web Mm -hmm. of connections and it goes back and forth in time, um, into the minds of this whole series of characters. Um, And to tell more about who all of those characters are would kind of ruin the discovery, which is part of the fun. You Mm -hmm. know, like each chapter, you're kind of like, oh, who is this going to be? How are they going to be connected? How have I met this person in the past Mm -hmm. in reading it? Um, And if you pay attention, you spot all sorts of recurring things happening. Um, And uh, what's kind of fun is. It's just us as readers, though, that have this secret, that realize that everyone's connecting. No one in the book understands that they've all intersected in the past or the present or Mm -hmm. whatever. So we're sort of gods in this world. You know, powerless gods. I should be clear. I got a
1: little excited. I know. I know. I'm sorry. We,
0: (laughs) as you do, (laughs) I do a little drunk with power. (laughs) I mean, we have no ability to affect you know these lives, but we do know something everyone else doesn't, which is kind of a fun reading experience. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, The book is about music. It's about sex. It's about love, but it's also about time, and how time sort of moves us along how it keeps us in place. Um, And in fact, one of the characters names Time the Goon Squad, hence the title. Um, And he says, Time's a goon, right? You're going to let that goon push you around. And everyone in the book kind of gets pushed around by time um, and by circumstance. Um, So like I mentioned, one of the joys of reading it is finding out the connections, finding out the web, but also is the style because every different character has sort of a different approach to it. So Jennifer Egan. Puts some of them in first person. Puts some of them in third person. Puts one a whole chapter of PowerPoint slides with like Venn diagrams and shit. And this girl from the future is sort of narrating her family history with this PowerPoint. It's just it's brilliant. Um, so it's a it's a quick read. It's a lingering read. You know, I read this once, um, maybe over a series of a couple of weeks. Then I think last year I reread it over like a couple days and it was so much better the second time around.
1: Oh, interesting. Because okay. I, I
0: felt like much more immersed in that world. Uh, I remembered everyone, you know, I oh, was like sure. sort of mapping it out. Yeah. Um, so that'd be my recommendation if you go for it. But either way, it's an excellent process of reading. What do you think? Did you like it as well? I
1: did. Yeah, exactly for that too. Of all the different, I kind of get into books like that, that have all the different characters, you know, that you're moving between chapters. Love that. Um, I'm also a sucker for differences in structure. So Mm -hmm. the PowerPoint, you know, putting some of those quirky things in there. Yeah. You've got me. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Second that
0: recommendation. Excellent. Ride or die. Even though this isn't the theme, (laughs) we're saying it again. Ride (laughs) or die. In a small world. (laughs) So good at this, so freaking good, (laughs) so good.
1: Well, mine's a little bit different. It is um, a book called Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughan.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And she, this is actually the third book by this author, um, but it's the first one that I've read, and it's her first book in this kind of vein, which I'll explain in a minute. But this book is kind—it's a part courtroom drama part like a very intimate portrait of a marriage and part kind of psychological thriller. So I think, similar to yours, one of the best things about this book is that it's told from a bunch of different viewpoints. But ultimately, the two that stick out the most that you would kind of consider the main characters are Sophie and Kate. Uh, the book is set in Britain. And when it comes out, um, Sophie is you find out Sophie's married to James, who's a high-level political figure there in um, has had a really great career so far. They have two kids, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, but you find out that there's a scandal that has come out involving him that's basically threatening his entire political th- career and their marriage and family. At the same time, we meet Kate, who's a lawyer, but in Britain, that's known as a barrister, um, which is the highest level at that point. So it's almost like being, you know, the top lawyer of a firm. I mean, she's not just a lawyer. Yeah, she's a big deal. Um, and she is the one that's being tasked with dealing with this political scandal and ultimately bringing charges against James. So she's going to prosecute him. So the book follows each of their lives kind of going back and forth from present day to their times in college. It's a great way. You know, you learn a lot about both of them and how their characters developed. Um, and they even add in other viewpoints like Kate's best friend. There's some from James's viewpoint, uh, and, but ultimately, what is happening in this book is there's a dichotomy of Kate, the barrister, believes 100% that James is guilty, that she's got the evidence to prove it, and Sophie 100% believes her husband is innocent. So you're following this trajectory and yeah. how much this central scandal has sort of rippled through their lives. And I won't tell you any more sure. after that just because it's such a great read and it would give some things away, but – you start to realize how everyone's interconnected mm-hmm. um, and there all these things are overlapping and towards the end, probably the second half of the book, each chapter you're like, Oh, what? I mean, it's one of those where, yeah, don't read it like right before bed. Cause you're just going to keep <laughs> going until you finish. Cause you have sure. to know yeah. what is happening. So, you know, it's compelling. It's a mystery. Um, but what I really liked about it was the way that she really got into the viewpoints of a public scandal not just from, you know, what a, a legal perspective or what we see in society, but also from the people living it, um, what that does to them, the doubt that crept in, all of those types of things. Um. And it's done particularly well because Sarah Vaughn was a writer for The Guardian for a really long time. She was a political commentator for okay. them. So she's got kind of that inside knowledge. Oh. And she left to start writing novels, which her first two, as I understand, are basically not in this vein at all. And then this one hit, and everybody was like, this is amazing, because she's got a lot of insight yeah. and insight into that world Leverage to bridge that. Yeah. Yes. And my understanding is now she's writing a second one not about these characters, but in that same kind Ooh. of vein with the courtroom drama and the scandal and all that so if that's true I bet it appears on broads and books in the future because <laughs> I was just going to ask regnant. were you yeah. going to read it and <laughs> oh, that yeah. answered
0: that yes. question yeah, yeah. so
1: I, it's a great great read it was a quick read okay. um, loved the way the characters all connected and how you kind of figure that out as you go the mystery element of it was great but also just from a human aspect and mm-hmm. a marriage aspect and a how we treat people aspect yeah. so
0: I um, like that idea too of two characters being so completely opposite in their beliefs. So it's like, you have to hold those two things in your head at the same time, like Mm -hmm. those two possibilities. Mm -hmm.
1: And you, she does a great job of kind of leading you down the path where you would 100% believe why each of them thinks the way that they do. Yeah.
0: I bet the good lawyers have to um, do that, have to hold both of those beliefs in their head. Absolutely. Very. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So, well, now we've done fiction. On to Let's move on <laughs> to other genres. And this, so my next pick is also fiction, but it's a story collection. Oh, perfect. And I picked uh, Sour Heart by mm-hmm. Jenny Zhang, uh, published in 2017. And what's interesting is, you know, Goon Squad could be kind of considered an interconnected story collection, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all these sort of discrete stories that have connections. But to me, it felt like it was a novel because. The overall story was the connection, right? you know, whereas this, each story is much more complete and Mm -hmm. independent. But it does have um, a a connection that I'll get into here in a minute. Um, So there's seven stories here. They're all about Chinese American girls um, growing up the children of immigrants in New York City in the 1990s. And the stories are about the immigrant experience, right? And growing up with all the pressure and confusion of that experience. But also about growing up girls and just how freaking hard that can be especially when you're not quite sure who you are at this point Mm -hmm. um also about growing up in poverty um the first story for example is about a family that wakes up every morning covered in roaches oh yeah wow didn't (laughs) see that coming that punch (laughs) (laughs) that is horrifying sorry it's okay i mean but wait it gets worse oh good yeah um (laughs) so they have to you know flick off all the roaches, then they have to try to navigate the choice between using the shared bathroom in this apartment that they're squatting in or taking their luck in their hands and going across the street to the bodega and using the restroom there. It's a real catch-22, I guess. Yeah. Oh. So some desperate poverty, some real yeah. just crushing pressure, um, and this girl that's in the middle of that, right? Mm. Um, she's not sure who she is, where she fits. Um, There's another story that's about fourth-grade girls who experiment on each other, um, and it kind of escalates to some really icky sexual stuff. Oh. Um, And it kind of just shows trying to fit in at Mm -hmm. a terrible cost, you know? I'm really emphasizing the gross and terrible aspects of this book. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I realize this may have been a bad strategy to try and sell this well, book. Well, you know what? Sometimes you
1: need some realism. That's and true. not everyone's life is, you know, as easy and wonderful
0: as we would like to believe it is. That is, that is a fact, Erin. Mm-hmm. And let me also tell you more about why I recommend this. Please do. Despite the roaches <laughs> and the risks of the bodega restroom. Right. Um, You know, the connections between these stories, they're kind of subtle. Um, And at first I didn't notice them, uh, but they revolve in part around this one apartment in Washington Heights, like where Mm. these families are squatting when they first come over from China. And so some of these people are sort of passing each other in their first you know, year or so of being in America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all the parents are sort of scrounging and they're desperately hanging on, um, both to money, to why they came here, to their families, to their heritage. Um, and then this place is full. This is like the epicenter of all of this, you know, uh, stuff. And, Why this is worth it in my mind, the writing style is so freaking good. Like Mm. she is just – it's beautiful, but it's also super gross and sort of tactile in a way that's very, very real. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fitting as like the voice of these young girls. And In fact, I heard – or excuse me, I read an interview with her in The Guardian where she talks about why she writes about teenage girls. And she says, the young girl has always been the most reviled and fetishized creature. We love her and hate her. Which I thought was really interesting and kind of gives an overview of these stories, like why mm-hmm. she's diving into this, like what yeah. is so important about that part of growing up, um, especially when your parents have made this huge decision to come over here. Um, Jenny Zhang is a, a poet, too. That's actually how I came to first know her. Um, her poetry is really Kind of gross and tactile in a lot of interesting ways. Um, I would recommend looking up a poem called seppuku. Uh She performs it, I think, for Nylon Magazine. And it's her in this sort of like cutesy outfit, in this cutesy high voice. And she's talking about how she's going to commit seppuku to herself because she didn't get the cereal that she wanted in oh. the morning. You know, real, real interesting yeah. stuff. Highly, highly recommend. All right. Well. Despite the roaches Despite, and the yeah, filth.
1: I think I can get past it.
0: Yeah. See, now you know going in,
1: so you can prepare yourself. I can prepare myself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So none of your readers can say, why the hell did you recommend that there were roaches? Right. It was clear. It was clear. It was clearly <laughs> that there was roaches. So don't. Don't. And besides, who hasn't had a period where, you know, you live somewhere with some bugs?
1: Yeah, yeah. College
0: jumps right to my Exactly. Mind, yeah. I lived in a, a dorm right above the cafeteria.
1: Oh. There were
0: roaches, Erin. That's a bad place. It was real bad. That's awful. I'm so right? sorry. <laughs> Second floor burge. Come on. <laughs> right right above, above the cafeteria. Ca- of, course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was a it was a dark time.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. That's rough.
0: <laughs> that is not good. Literally because they were dark and they covered the walls. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they they don't
0: stop. No, they don't. Mm -mm. They reproduce a lot. They are no joke.
1: (laughs) They are a hardy bug.
0: (laughs) It's all my knowledge of roaches. I just gave it to you. They are hardy and gross. And gross. They don't stop. They don't. They're like the Terminator. Yeah. They don't stop. stop. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? You just had a look on your face, like, oh god, it's another movie. I don't know what. She's no, mentioning. I do know the. Termi- okay. Good. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good.
1: Yeah. I do yeah. know the Terminator. It, you know why it was on my face? Because <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't even know what song it is. But there's that song where it like won't stop till six in the morning. <laughs> that song. I'm not gonna. I'm purposely not singing it correctly because we can't afford it. Right. Because I'm pretty sure it was popular. Sure. But. That's why yeah. I, I you had a blank because that was playing in my head and I was like because why? of the roaches yeah like they don't stop till six in the morning
0: your mind is a, <laughs> it's a real interesting place
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's troubled
0: <laughs> it's a place that suddenly randomly brought out the Tootsie Roll Pop um, owl thing yeah, yeah the owl yeah. and yeah. the song and the song yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway you never
1: know what's gonna happen part of the fun. All right. <laughs> so my, I know this is going to shock you, that my uh, second, my nonfiction book p- pick this week is a crime. <laughs> True crime.
0: This is shocking information. I know.
1: Didn't see that coming, did nope. you? Um, it is called All Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Ooh. Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara. Yeah. So this book, you pro- it's very possible you've heard of this book because it was really out there everywhere after it came out, particularly because shortly after it was published, The Golden State Killer was actually caught. Um, but the story itself is, it's just a variety of things. It's nonfiction. It's true crime. It's a journal. It's a memoir. It's a series of essays. It's, I mean, it's everything. Um, Michelle McNamara, it was uh, the author of the story, and she at some point along the way, had picked up this tidbit about the Golden State Killer. And she reveals in the book how she actually has a connection, why she decided that this was so important to her. So that's kind of where the small wow, world thing comes yeah. in here. But uh, they, uh, she reveals why she has this connection in this way. It's just so genius. I haven't seen it ever done like this, and it's done so perfectly well. She interweaves this whole memoir of her life in With the True Crime. So you're kind of going chapter to chapter, like you're learning about her and her growing up. And then you go back to this, you know, the next victim of the Golden State Killer. And then you come back and that sounds weird or almost like you couldn't make that work. And it works seamlessly. Wow. I mean, you don't even feel like you're going between this, you know, horrific crime story and her life, but it's perfect to explain why she really developed this obsession with catching him and she is actually credited with a lot of the reason that he was caught. She Incredible. unfortunately died um, prior to the manuscript being completely finished. And obviously prior to being published, she was married to Patton Oswald from King of Queens, some other shows. Uh, he's the voice of the narrator in the Goldbergs. If you watch that mm-hmm. sitcom um, and he and her assistant took her notes and finished it and published the book. Cause it was that close, but she, you get a really big sense of, how important she was to the investigators I and mean, we were talking about uh detectives that worked on this their whole career I mean it was like their you know red herring like I cannot figure this out and so it it partially broke thanks to DNA genealogy websites um so he's now, you know, if you read it, you would know the ending in that sense. When she wrote the book and when Pat Oswald finished it, that wasn't known who he was. She had a very particular idea. But the end of the book, she writes an open letter to the Golden State Killer. i and it heard is heard about this.
0: It's chilling, right? It
1: is. And it is one of the most well written things I've ever every time I see a piece of news about him like when he was caught or even now you know they'll update something about his legal status I get goosebumps because I think of that letter and when you read the letter and you compare what how it went down how he was arrested everything it's so chillingly close it just wow. it's almost creepy but it's beautiful at the same time so she really dedicated this whole life to this search and so this reads very much like a true crime but if that's not your flavor you would really like the rest of it just for the story of her and how she came to be connected and why it was important to her. She does such a great job of humanizing all of the people that spent so much time, the victims families, the police officers, you know, everyone that had a part in this. She does a great job. It's just it's it's too bad that that she passed because I imagine she could have written some other really
0: Beautiful works. so Was she a, a crime uh, reporter before, or did she have no a, a writing background? I, in this, she
1: did have a writing background, but I don't, particularly off the top of my head, remember exactly what it was. Okay. I don't know that she was. Uh, I think she liked true crime, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that wasn't like a focus by any means yeah. until she, which she reveals in the book, the kind of the connection. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I love it for that. I think it's great for this theme because of the connection that you find in there, you know, kind of the weird how everything relates, but it's just a, it's a good read no matter what. It's such a good
0: ending. I saw an interview with Patton Oswalt and Mm -hmm. Seth Meyers on the day that the arrest went down Mm -hmm. and he was just sort of hyped up and just, you know, out of sorts, but so excited. I mean, that had to be the dream for both of them.
1: Yes. Yeah. I really, I think particularly to help feel like it culminated in something especially after losing her you know to feel like okay you did something huge here i mean really they are very vocal about the fact that a lot of the really investigative work and the doggedness and like keeping after it was really spurred by her so yeah it's a it's a great great book worth yeah. all of the accolades it's gotten 100% uh, Last year
0: that it came out? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. March of last year, March 2018, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Very good.
0: I I don't know how to quite follow that, but, you know, now it's time to switch over away from books. Away from books into other favorites. Other favorites Mm -hmm. because we're so multicultured and, wait, that's not the right word. Multifaceted. Multifaceted. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Layered, if you will. Layered. Um, So for our pop culture picks, I chose a movie, this time, uh, called Cloud Atlas, uh, made in 2012. And first, this is based on an excellent book. Um, One that I had actually considered using for my fiction pick. Um, It's by David Mitchell. And the book itself features six characters that are spanning centuries of time. And they're all connected loosely by like a weird birthmark and also some other things. But the movie, it just made some brilliant choices in adapting this and then saying, hey, I see those connections and I'm going to raise you a bunch more connections because here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these amazing actors, Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, Jim Broadbent, Hugh Grant. We're going to make them play the same character, or excuse me, um, play different characters in each time so that you see the people you understand. This is all sort of connected, but yet they're playing different people, different genders, different. It's insane. Um, And because of that, because of that choice of casting those same six people in all these different times and and places, um, you start seeing connections that were much more than they were in the book. Mm. Um, And they may or may not be there. And you see some of the similarities in their stories. Uh, You see how they're all sort of driven in some way by freedom, by self-expression. And I came into the movie knowing the book, which may have put me at sort of an advantage, but not totally because it's so different in a way. Um, I did read this great review of the film by Roger Ebert, um, where he's sort of trying to describe it and he just, he's coming up at a loss. He's just like, I don't even know what I just saw really, (laughs) but I loved it. And at one point he just sort of gives up and he's like, I, yeah, I don't know what I saw, but... Quote, I was never, ever bored by Cloud Atlas. On my second viewing, I gave up any attempt to work out the logical connections between the segments, stories, and characters. What was important was that I set my mind free to play. Ooh. Great, you know, writing by Roger yeah. Ebert. But also, I, I feel like that was just the perfect way to encapsulate this movie. You're, you just see, like I said, um, all these different connections, all these different things about humanity that, uh, yeah, just come to you by watching this. Um you see these connecting elements and then you just go from there and you kind of take your own, uh, interpretation of the movie and go with it. It's wonderful. It also has a stirring soundtrack. And by that, I mean, so sometimes like when I'm writing, (laughs) (laughs) I like that it needs an (laughs)
1: explanation.
0: Really not that crazy. But oh, okay. <laughs> when when I'm writing, I sometimes like to listen to film scores. Okay. Um, like, you know, like Cloud Atlas is a great one. Some mm-hmm. really wonderful, beautiful kind of dark instrumental stuff. I love every film score that Trent Reznor has mm-hmm. done because mm-hmm. I love Nine Inch Nails. But they've done like Gone and Girl, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, Face uh, the Social Network. And that kind of music, it's like the words don't get in the way. Mm-hmm. But it's like sort of driving and dark and propulsive. Oh. It's wonderful. So, yes, Great. it also has stirring film score. I like it. Yeah. And what then- did you think I was going to say, Aaron? Did you think I was going to say some polka or some uh-
1: – <laughs> I don't know. When you said stirring and then you went in an explanation, I thought you like meant it to be – like you thought I w- you were sounding positive and it was actually a
0: negative Oh, uh, well, that's valid. That could be I was like, oh. something I would say. Yeah. yeah
1: no no other than that no i was on i was long for the ride
0: acid rock <laughs> yes 80s hair metal
1: i mean it doesn't have roaches so i'm I mean... have... <laughs> no Wait. not that i know oh, of no. yeah unless it has papa roach on the soundtrack <laughs>
0: <laughs> papa roach I haven't heard him of... I haven't heard of him in a long time i
1: couldn't name a song if you oh made me right God. now i don't know I don't even know where that came from. I think I from. have
0: it, but again, don't want to no, have to yeah, pay. No, we don't no. have to want to pay Sorry, papa, papa Roach. <laughs> I mean, of You're all are already getting songs. too much of a shout out. Yes. Yeah. This is the last thing we want to pay for. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry
1: about that. Yeah. Also, did you ever think about that name
0: again? Or you just went with it? Where did that come from, yeah. really? Did you also have a dorm that was above a cafeteria? <laughs> I hope so. And That's the only thing that makes sense. decided that you were the Papa of all these roaches? <laughs> you created a little family in your dorm <laughs> <laughs> it's the only logical explanation only one yeah
1: <laughs> i just like to imagine when you're trying to get signed as an artist and you keep going to these meetings and so yeah. okay so you're you're set with the band you're, name that's not negotiable Papa Rich? Oh, okay. okay all right all right we're gonna pass <laughs> Touching story with your family roaches, but we're out.
0: <laughs> we can't sell this. We really no. can't. No, we tried if to it think of family, every of, angle. If it was Papa Puppy, maybe Done. everyone loves puppies. No everyone one loves does. roaches. No,
1: and you hoarding them like a family.
0: Yeah, it's, it's real still questionable life choice. Bad. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Papa Roach. We'll pass. Yeah. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So now I'm gonna to have to go listen to Papa Roach. Right now,
1: I was like, so I "Oh, remember <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah." I know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to remember. Last That's resort. Does that, does that sound right? Sure, sure. I mean, if you're Papa still Roach, us, you are yeah. at a last resort. Yeah, you really you? are. Yeah. 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 Wow, that was a deep Oof. dive into Papa Roach. Sure okay, was. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Try to get us out of this go. one. Yeah, please do. All right. So my uh non-book cultural pick is yeah. I did my own kind of it's a small world connection, oh. which is partially why I picked this because I love it and it was perfect. So I picked the NBC comedy called A P Bio, which stars pat Oswald Oh my god, as the principal. So see that small world connection right there. Hmm.
0: Two together, freaking clever for your own good. I know, right. <laughs> Is that what Mike says? You're too freaking clever for your own good. Never. Never? I don't think he's
1: ever said that. Oh, dear. Huh. Yeah, no, I can't think of one time. Hmm. In his head,
0: probably a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in a positive way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's his own thing to work out. Sure.
1: All right. Well, anyway, so this is, um, I love this this series it started last year so season one's out so go binge it now okay so you're welcome you can watch all of it at once fantastic Fantastic. it's a half hour uh comedy and so the whole premise is that this harvard philosophy professor jack griffin uh fails to get his um dream job at harvard he's up for a dream job doesn't get it his quote-unquote nemesis who doesn't realize he's his nemesis, but he just hates him secretly, gets to the job. So he has no options. So he moves back home to Ohio, where he's from, and applies to get a job as a high school advanced placement biology teacher. Kicker being that he has no teaching experience or real interest, but Patton Oswalt, who's a principal, thinks it's so amazing that a Harvard professor would want to teach and thinks it's going to look so good for the school. He ignores all the red flags and says, come on. Yeah. So this is going to end badly. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It does quite often. Uh-huh. But it, I mean, the show is stacked. You've got Pat Oswalt as the principal. Jack Griffin is played by uh, Glenn Howerton, who's always sunny mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. He's got some um, character spots on the Mindy Project. Hilarious. And it's from, created by, and written by, with the Saturday Night alum, Saturday Night Live alums, Seth Meyers oh. and Mike O'Brien. So it's just amazing because basically the whole premise of the show takes place in the AP bio classroom, that he's in charge of these students who are very good and want to learn because they're all college bound and they want, but he has no interest in teaching them and instead decides that he's going to use them all to get back at his nemesis. Like, <gasps> oh, they're all smart. So we can come up with this great plan to take down his nemesis. And the one-liners in the show... I mean, I have to pause it because I'm laughing so hard. He, It's just absolutely phenomenal. And there's a bunch of side characters, other teachers there that are great. The custodian's great. I mean, top to bottom. All of the students in the classroom, I was trying to come up with which one was my favorite, and I couldn't because they all just play <laughs> such a perfect role and are hilarious. It's, yeah, it's definitely worth it. The second season is coming out or is out, and... You should catch up on the yeah, first season we're going to
0: Who plays the nemesis? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. Okay,
1: yeah, it's not anyone I'm just who I to recognize. Yeah, who this yeah. oh, is he's being. like a real happy guy though. Like, oh, there's no wonderful. part of him that is upset sure. with Jack Griffin. But Jack is just <laughs> sure that the other thing is that Jack, when he comes home, he moves into his mom has recently died, and he moves into her home, which was outfitted like for elderly ladies. Oh, so he's no. like riding the chair up the stairs. Oh, he's... <laughs> He answers the door one time in like a really short pink robe because there's nothing else in the house. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So
0: we're just seeing sort of this guy just dissolve. Before yeah. Our very yeah. Eyes. yeah. And you want to hate
1: him because there's a lot to hate, but you also, there are moments where he's, you know, redeems himself and in between, it's just too funny to not love every second. So yeah, highly recommend. All right. may start watching that. I see. Yeah, I saw an ad Yeah. For it.
0: Wonderful. Yes. Wow. We got some uh some good picks. It yeah. is a small world, Erin. I mean is. I think we've shown that here today.
1: Mm-hmm. No one's
0: ever shown that before. We were the first
1: yeah. to show yeah.
0: that connections exist. Yeah. In this crazy world. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so never that, heard that phrase never before. Heard that before. <laughs> So that's a wrap for our episode today. Um, you can look forward to another great episode dropping next Wednesday and every Wednesday on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast and all your other podcasts. But this is definitely your favorite podcast. Obviously.
1: Yeah. So and in the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode, as well as one bonus pick. Mm-hmm. So each episode, we'll pick one extra pick that's only on our website. And that rotates between Amy and I. So Go. Get yeah. your extra pick. Yeah, we even tell you a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. we are full service. Absolutely, on our website. If the things that we didn't share here, if you already know them all, congratulations. There's but more. There's more. And if you
0: don't, then extra. Exactly. Yeah remember, add it to that reading list, that unachievable reading reading list. (laughs) (laughs) And surprise, there is actually some bonus material on our website as well. And we won't spoil it, but seriously, you should look. Because, I mean, if you like what you hear so far, and of course you do, you're going to like it. Yeah, you're going to like the extras. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can also check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to give us
1: feedback and let us know items you might want to hear us talk about in future episodes, if you have an idea for a
0: theme Mm -hmm. or...
1: You know, something else that you have desired yeah. to hear, yeah. questions
0: or whatever it is. Exactly. Yes. And in fact, if you are creative enough to have an idea for a theme, um, let us know. Find links to all of our social media accounts and our email at broadsandbooks.com. Perfect. And if you like what you hear and you want to shout it from the streets. Oh, keep doing it. You should do I mean, that. Come on. Do it. We want to hear the stories about people shouting this from the streets and then getting arrested for public in-talks. I guess if you're drunk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that's what they're just going to assume because the people are so excited. Like, oh, why, I see what you mean. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah.
1: I thought at first you were saying that they would have to be drunk to shout from the no, streets how amazing we am are. And I was going to argue that our, yeah. no that
0: uh, it's just going to be as fun as if they were drunk. They're drunk on us. Drunk
1: on broads and books. That's right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So after you shouted in the streets and as get much, arrested. yeah, and get arrested and get bailed out and get bailed out. As much good as that's going to do us, it's going to do us even more good. Really, it is. Go and write it. Right, because you don't get arrested that way. No. Stars, rate them, write it. That's the way other people find us. That keeps us up in the ratings on the podcast. It does. So that we can, you know,
0: get more listeners. Yeah, so be a pal. Help yeah. us out with that. That's yeah, yeah. not too much to ask. We are excited to hear from you and excited to be back every week. Until next time, that's it for us. Happy reading. all nine episodes are available January tenth. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.